Last week, we started this series called Life Together, where we were looking at, talking about um, this concept of family, that the church is a family, that, that you and I have a spiritual family, that you have a physical family, but we're all part of the spiritual family, that when God saved you, that he placed you in a family, and that we do life together. And last week, I kind of introed uh, that that message. And today, I want to talk about the power of together, just the power of together, because we live in a culture. We live in a culture that glorifies individualism, glorifies individualism, that we live in this culture where, uh, you know, uh, if you want something done, do it yourself. When the going gets tough, tough get going. Yeah, we live in that culture like that. But I want to present to you that if you want To see God move in your life, it most often happens in the context of community. I'm not saying God doesn't speak to you and, and by yourself in your moments, but it most often happens in the context of community that truly there's a power of being together. So, all right, I'm going to give you some, some together phrases. Hot chocolate and... Oh, man. I don't know about peanut butter, but... How about peanut butter and, don't say hot chocolate, <laughs> cake and, macaroni and, bacon and, anything. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Bacon and anything. So we, we see the power of pairing things together in our foods. We see the power. Now, let me ask you this question. We, we see the power in pairing things together in plurals, in plurals. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone to someone and said, I bought you a sock. I bought you a sock. Well, thanks a lot. What's good is that going to do me? Or I bought you a new shoe. I bought you a new shoe. Or I got you a new glove, unless it's a ball glove. Or I fixed your brake. You ever seen somebody fix one brake on a bike? That's a recipe to get killed. So we see that value or even in food, I'll go back to food. I fixed you a grit. <laughs> fixed you a grit. Boy, thanks. That's going to be great. We see the power of together in situations of our life. There's this power of being together. We don't throw parties for ourselves, it's the party of one. I threw myself a party and invited only myself. Graduations are better when there's people together. Weddings are better when there's people present. Ball games. We saw this thing during COVID that ball games, that when they had these ball games, yeah, it was better than nothing. But the players would tell you it was better when the fans could be there than when people were together. This power of together. Funerals. This power of together. And this morning, you're going to get a picture of a church that's together, of this family of believers that's together. And I've preached on this so many times, but you're going to get a picture of the church that, that is doing life together. They're doing life together. That they're living in community, and they're seeing God do supernatural things. And so I'm going to, I'm going to read the scripture to you, and then we're just going to walk through it a little at a time. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. 
them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying good of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want to talk to you this morning about this church, this church that changed the world, the church that started with 12 and became what it is today worldwide, these people who were simply together. They were together. They did not see their lives as being individualistic, but they saw their lives as being together. And so I'm going to walk through four reasons why you need a together family, that you need this together family, that you and I, when we do this, when we live this life together, supernatural things happen. First is this, we are devoted to following Jesus together. Now I'm going to make some people mad here, so get ready. I felt like last week, uh, I'll just be, I'll be totally transparent. Last week was not my best. And you may think they never are, Gary, but anyway, that's beside the point. I just feel like I wasn't focused. I have some personal reasons for that. I've done the funeral for someone that very close to me, could not get over, did not sleep at all. I felt like last week I couldn't get my thoughts together. And here's the bad news for you today. They're together today, y'all. And I'm pushing. I'm pushing. The early church was devoted to following Jesus together. They didn't just join a church, show up, go home, and do that week after week after week. And listen, if that's what you're doing, listen to me, hear me. That's not God's ideal for you. That's not. That's not his ideal, that you just come and you check your box and you serve your time, you give your hour. That is never what the church was supposed to be. It was always in this context of being together. Look at the scripture. They devoted themselves they devoted themselves. All the people, all the believers devoted themselves. They were devoted to following Jesus together. This word devotion is an incredible word here. This word devotion, it kind of has its roots in the word worship. This word devoted means to be steadfast or fixed. That you're going a direction in spite of trial or temptations. Now here's the part I'm going to make you mad on. When we started meeting back after COVID. We implemented that you had to wear a mask. And I look, I didn't want to wear a mask. Many of you didn't want to wear a mask and you probably still don't want to wear a mask. And it was, it is, it was politicized and, it, and the church was in a no-win posi position. But here's what happened. Some people refused to come because we were asking people to wear a mask. This is crazy to me. I'm going to tell you this, is, from my perspective as a pastor, this is crazy to me. We should have been at the point where, man, we hadn't been on me, that we would wear 10 masks to be together as a body believers. That, man, we wanted to be here so much that, man, we would do whatever. We'd walk 10 miles because that's what fathers of Christ are doing right now in other parts of the world. That they don't have this option of, I'm going to sit at home and do what I want and everything. This individualism. Tell me I'm wrong today. Man, the believers there, they were devoted to each other. 
Then it wasn't this thing where I could take it or leave it. But man, there was this, there was this synergy that, man, I'm committed to this thing happening in this place. So let me ask you this question. Are you devoted to following Jesus together? Now, I'm not saying you're not devoted to following Jesus. But are you devoted to following Jesus together? Because that's what the church does. That's who the church is. And look, it's messy. And sometimes it's hard. And sometimes we get our feelings hurt. And sometimes we get mad. But man, at the end of the day, we simply are together. We're together. Let me tell you about one of the guys on staff, Trey. Trey Bailey and I, and Trey is our executive pastor, and I love Trey, but he and I will butt heads. Man, we will butt heads. We'll be mad at each other. He and I, if you know anything about Enneagram, he's an eight on Enneagram. I'm an eight on Enneagram, which means he wants to be right, and I want to be right. And we see angles from different sides and everything, and man, there'll be times, but let me tell you something about Trey. At the end of the day, and listen, we've been mad at each other. Boy, we've been mad because we want to make the best decision for the church. And sometimes in the best decision, you're going to get passionate. And I'm going to get passionate. He's going to get passionate. But let me tell you something. I love that guy. And at the end of the day, it's not personal. But we want to do the thing. But sometimes it is messy. But I love the guy. Wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't have this building without Trey Bailey. He helped organize all this. And I know Jason's here. And Jason can tell that it's messy sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it is. Jason's company built this building. There are times where it's simply not. But at the end of the day, we are committed that we are devoted. We're going to be together. Let me ask you, do you have that kind of commitment? Because that's what it's going to take. That's what the early church did. The second thing is that we experience God together. We experience God. I love the moments where we, have, we worship together. We experience God together. When we worship together, we take communion together. We have times where um, people are being baptized. And I want to talk to you about this whole part about experiencing God together. Look at this scripture right here. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. Many miraculous signs and wonders the apostles performed. They were committed to being together, and God was blessing that. A deep sense of awe came over. Have you ever had God moments like that? Man, just maybe a time of worship. Maybe someone you know got baptized or, or placed their faith. They came forward or somebody repented. Man, it's just this awe. Oh, or maybe it's just simply we're singing together, man, the song or whatever, everything just whatever. You're, you're believing the words about Jesus. Sense of awe. Now, those moments can happen individually. Let me share something with you. Most always those moments happen when we're together. That's why Jesus said when two or three are gathered, that's why I'm there with y'all. He said, I'm always there, but I'm there in a more supernatural way. There's something else happening when more of you are together. God works in us individually, but more often in community. That if you look at the Bible if you read the scriptures, miracles happen most often in community. If they're done individually, it was for the good of community. It was for the testimony of the community. That people live in awe when they see salvation, life change, healing, repentance, baptism, worship, preaching, that this happens and there's awe. So my whole point is this. We have to have awe 
in order to have all. That if you want to see God move in your life in a great way, it's going to happen in the context of you being committed to that first part, being devoted to the church. God's not going to work miracles in your life just so you can go on your own way and do your own thing. I'm just telling you, I shouldn't say God. I'm not in charge of what God does. But most often, when I read the scriptures, God doesn't work like that. God's not about building your kingdom and your life just for your life individually. He's about doing it in the context of community and so the church can be great. So we've got to have this sense of, I want to be part of all. I want to be part of this. Look at the scripture right here in Ephesians. You remember when... uh, you maybe you still do this. You have little kids and you, you take their shoes off and you grab their toes and you say, This little piggy went to the market. This little piggy went home. Remember that? And everybody know the rest of the part? This little piggy had roast beef and this one had none. I don't know where they got this. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, that you tell kids that? And this one went what? Read the scripture with me. Now all now these gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility was to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. That's why when I asked for volunteers to go into Adventureland and E-Town, that's my job. My job is not to do all the work. My job is to ask you to build up the church by serving. Does everybody catch that? I'm going to ask you again, does everybody catch that? All right, that's why, that's why those challenges are asked. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until, tell me that word. We all come to such faith, such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's son that, tell me that word. We will be mature in the Lord, measured up. There's not an I in this passage. Measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. Then tell me this one. Y'all are backing out on me. I need you to come in. I need you to, I need you to say it like we just scored a touchdown, y'all. Like UGA just won the national championship. We. Like, yeah, like we're fist bumping. Yeah. That's what I need. I need a little bit of help today. Then what? What's that word? We, we will no longer be immature like children. We. we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth, which is happening today. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And so, listen to me. When you and I make this commitment that we are going to experience God together, that we are going to be part of a body, that we are part of the all, that we see God do all It is we, 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 all the way home. All the way till Christ comes back. And if you look at the scriptures and you look at the church, these people lived it. It was we, in spite of persecution. Sawed in two. Fed the lions. Heads cut off. It was all about we.
So we're devoted to each other. We experience God together. We share everything together. Now, this is an interesting passage. It says, and the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. Now, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, I like my stuff, you know what I'm saying? I'll give some stuff away that doesn't fit anymore. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Whether you agree with it or not, that's a heck of a commitment, isn't it? They were together. So much so that they were willing to, to give up some of their stuff so somebody else could have. They worshiped together at the Lord's temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. There's a couple of things here. You would think that this would like begrudgingly happen. Like, they, they, yeah, they did it. Yeah, somebody was, you know, Peter was preaching like Gary's doing today and, and he was asking people and they didn't really want to do it, but they did it anyway. But uh, there's a couple words here. It says they did it with great joy. But they wanted to give. And they did it while they were praising God. They praised God. Man, I'm, I'm going to give some stuff away, and I'm excited about it. And I'll just share this with you. The older I get, the more excited I get about being generous. I just get more excited about it. I think about it, about being generous. I certainly have my limitations, but I'm asking God to help me at times where I don't have faith to be more generous, to look out for the needs of others. But I'm going to give you a couple of things here, but I'm going to tell you a story first. Years ago, uh, when Bo Bice was here, Bo came in second at the American Idol, and he, he's moved to um, Sarah, not Sarasota. Um, he's moved to Florida. I can't remember the exact town. But when he was here, he came in second at the American Idol, and we had a homeless guy that would sit up front right here. And I'd sit up there with him sometimes. But I remember one Sunday, I wasn't there. I was in the back, and I saw Bo get up, and he sat beside the guy. And I thought, man, what a... What a what a paradox here. We got a guy who's came in second in American Idol, has got a lot of money, and he lost to Carrie Underwood, and he's sitting beside a homeless guy. And I asked him one day, I said, why did you do that? He said, I didn't want him to be by himself. You see, in Christ, it's all flat at the cross. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. No matter how much money you have, no matter if you've got a home, don't have a home, got two homes, it doesn't matter. But you're part of a family, you're part of a body. And we get to share what God has blessed us with. Whatever that is, great or small, that we get to share, we get to look out. And so one of the things that's been on my heart when I read this scripture is that something spontaneous would happen in our church. And the spontaneous thing, and maybe it is happening, I don't know anything about it, is that people would be cared for spontaneously. 
that you would sit in here instead of just sitting in the same spot, and, and this is not judgmental on me either, sitting in the same spot, that we would simply not want people to be alone, that we would think, who can I invite over? Who can I have at my house? Who can, who, who can I go to lunch with? Who's here, sitting here today? By, who can I go sit with that may be by himself? We have no idea what's going on in any of our lives. No idea. This past week, had the opportunity to go to two of our family members, our church members' homes. Invited Leslie and I over, super, super humbling, super nice. And I became convicted that I need to do this more. Listen, this is something I need to work on. Leslie and I do it. And, and I don't know if you think, like I'm going to give you this example. In, the, in our family, in the church, in your business, you have all these plates you're spinning. Does everybody know this? You know what I'm talking about? You have all these plates you're spinning. Look, I'm asking you, could we, spin, could we spin this plate right here right for a little bit? I'm going to invite people to my home. I'm going to, I'm going to go to lunch with someone. I'm going to go buy their lunch. I'm just going to spin this plate for a while and see what the Lord does. That we would just have this sense of, of hospitality and, and meeting needs in people's lives. Could we do that? Because that's what I, when I see the church, it says that's what they did. That Man, they all just rallied around together. They worshiped together. They were in homes together. They shared meals together with great joy. It was an unbelievable thing happened. And then the last part is, we changed the world together. I don't know exactly what people are looking for who don't know Jesus. I don't. I know they're looking for Jesus. I know people have this perception that the church is a bunch of people who are judgmental, who think they've all got it together, that, that, that if you make mistakes, you certainly don't want to go there. But that's not the church I know. That's not the church that's in the Scriptures. The church that's in the Scripture was, was, was compelling because these people were committed. These people experienced God in supernatural ways. These people were men overwhelmingly generous. And it was compelling to the world. The world changed. And I believe the same thing can happen today. It says the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. A couple years ago, the Avenger movie came out, Avengers Endgame. Anybody remember that, Avengers Endgame? It, 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 it transformed. It, it, uh, if, if you're my age, it may not have affected you very much, but if you're under 40, this, this, was, this was the movie. This was the movie that everybody was going to. As a matter of fact, I looked it up. It cost $356 million to, to film this movie. This movie about these superheroes coming together to fight this evil force. Uh, you know, all the superheroes, you know, banding their powers, coming together to fight this evil force. And I know we've seen movies like this over there. But $356 million to film this movie. Do you know how much money it grossed? Just, this is just at the box office. $2.798 billion. This story of everybody coming together to fight the evil force, to save the world. Listen to me. That's the picture of the church, that Jesus Christ, he's done the work for us. All we have to do is come together. 
That's all we have to do. All we have to do is come together. We just come together to fight this evil force that wants to destroy marriages and, and wreck families and get people addicted to stuff and have people just fall away and live miserable lives. That all we have to do is we just come together and we're devoted. And we experience God together. And we, we're generous and we love each other. That is a compelling church to the world. That's the kind of church you want to belong to. That's the kind of life you want to live. And so I want to close out today. A couple of thoughts. One is this. Are you committed to being together? Maybe today you need to repent. Because you've been living this individualistic Christianity that I just do my own thing, I'm my own way, I'm pale rider, I, I come in and go out, Clint Eastwood, and listen, that's not the picture of the church. Maybe you need to repent for not being together. But here's the second thing I'm asking. Maybe today is the day that when you make the decision, that's what I want. That if I've never accepted Christ, man, Jesus invites you to be part of his family. Or maybe you, you're going to say, today, today, I'm taking a step in. I'm going in. I'm going all in. I want to be part of that family. And so I'm going to offer a decision time. Maybe you need to come up here and just pray. Whatever's going on in your world, okay, I'm going to ask you to come on up. But don't walk out of here. Don't walk out of here. If God's calling, if he's tapping, don't walk out of here wanting to do things the same. Let's be together. Let's do life together. So if you've got a decision to make, I'll be down front. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, we come to you. Lord, I pray for the person here today that they've never understood that, man, they've been... You've been asking, you've been calling them to be part of your family. Lord, I pray for the person here today that if they're honest, they've been living an individualistic Christianity where it's all about, maybe not even all, a lot about them. Father, bring us to the place that we is the most important. Your church. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross, making a way for us, placing us in your family, allowing us to do life together. Help us to be a life together church. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Would you stay with me? Listen, if you've got a decision to make, you need prayer, you want to talk to someone, you need to repent, you need Jesus. Come down front today.